And we are back with another Black with No Cream podcast. New episode every single Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Hegarty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. Tonight will be exciting for the Black with No Cream podcast as I will finally be interviewing the first female guest. Yes, the first motherfucking female guest. I hate that I've only had like a bunch of dudes on the podcast, but my friend circle in this industry just happens to be more male-driven. Um, I'm stoked to get more women on the show here and let them share their shit. Anyways, Jessica Lorenzo is a filmmaker, editor, DJ, and marketing wizard. Jess edits full-time for the super popular online film academy better known as Jump Cut Academy. Constantly creating content for their platform, she has also worked for publications like Hip Hop DX. This girl has done a lot of shit. Jess is a freelancer. She is heavily involved behind the scenes for rapper TF, who was on episode 12 of the Black Window Cream podcast. Um, she's creating visuals and building them up as an artist daily. If you don't know who TF is, look up the song Tukey Knows by Schoolboy Q. It's featuring TF and Traffic. She's also a founder for Music Video Night, a monthly local gathering which began in LA and is now happening in LA and New York. Basically, they host like a music video director once a month to come and share their work on a projector and speak to a live audience. They've had some amazing directors come through. They're fucking videos are massive so if you want to uh, get some good insight you need to attend one of these events so follow music video night on instagram if you want to attend any of their events i'm excited to share this podcast episode with you guys today she even is a dj and goes by dj hella kitty yes dj hella kitty she's spinning real records prepare to learn a thing or 10 in this episode if this is your first time tuning into the black with no cream podcast you're probably wondering what does black with no cream stand for well, Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee, Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, if you're a photographer, if you do marketing, management, editing, dancing, etc., 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 all creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to bwnc.com join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. Also, this is exciting. In last week's episode, you may have heard me talk about how I was going to drop a limited edition Black Window Cream coffee mug on the Black Window Cream merch store. I did it, and I ended up making 36 mugs, put them up for sale. Only 30, actually. I put 30 up for sale. I'm keeping the six for me. I just wanted to try and see if I could create something rare for the Black Window Cream members to embrace, and they did. We sold out of all 30 mugs in one day. It was insane. It made me excited as fuck to create more shit like that. If you're interested in supporting Black Window Cream, just go to blackwindowcream.com merch. I promise you we'll get more mugs up there. In the meantime, we have hats, stickers, shirts, pins, all that shit's available in the store. I appreciate anyone who picks up some merch. If you don't have the funds i get it just help me out by sharing this podcast go on itunes drop a review every review helps i i mean i need all that shit so i can keep this thing growing i appreciate you all right that's it enjoy the work we keep creating make sure to tune in every single sunday for a new black window cream episode and without further ado i bring to you my motherfucking interview with jess and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now <laughs> Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... 
black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we are back <laughs> with another black with no cream episode number 16, I think, with my homie and first female guest, hey. Jessica Lorenzo, aka Jess Rue, aka Jay's girl, aka <laughs> DJ Hella Kitty. DJ Hella Kitty. Yeah. Editor, would you say you're a director? Do you direct videos? I lately I've been directing a lot more. Director. Yeah. yeah. Producer. Produ well, produ oh yeah, producer. Producer. Yeah, I mean, yes. you pretty much not do music everything. producer. Yeah. But I mean, you do everything. I, I do not a, a lot. music producer, but a DJ. Yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. a lot. Yeah. She does a lot. But anyway, <laughs> this is exciting because this is my first female guest That's on the crazy. Black. Isn't that crazy? But you know what? I feel like I have met more dope females this year, and I don't even use the word females like that, but dope female creators right. than I've met in my whole life up to this point. The last like year, I'm just surrounded by so many talented women. So I can throw some of your way yeah, for sure please. for the podcast. No, yeah. please. I have a few now on my list that I want to get to. I mean, I only do one a week, so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. hard because it feels like it's happening so fast. But at the same time, I don't know. But I just know a lot of fucking dudes and it was like easier <laughs> to get like those dudes on here. Yeah, you sure. know what I mean? Because they're like already here around yeah. me all the time. So it's hard. But I mean, it's a challenge and I think that um, there are fuck tons of dope chicks that yeah. are out there editing. but women were a lot more behind the scenes you know definitely know. a lot more behind the scenes because um i think you're a lot more likely to find a female editor than you are a female director mm. um or i think i've met quite a few female producers but yeah uh, yeah in terms of people that are like the face of things we're a lot of times just in the background i know it's weird yeah. there's uh like hannah lux davis do you ever watch her shit yeah yeah she came to music video night actually did she which did i'm she sure speak? we'll talk about yeah Woo! Yeah, that was so dope because she was like not what I expected at all, but she blew me away. Yeah, she was um, awesome. All right, yeah. so so basically, um, music video night—that's something that you constructed, which it, you and a team yeah. of people. You yeah, can talk about that. Um, for sure. Yeah, so that was um, uh, kind of crazy how that came about. Um, so the co-founder is this guy named Greg Kaysen. And I've been working with Greg for quite a few years now. And Marcos and I have been working with Greg in like various capacities. He's like a rapper, but he also works at um, agencies. And uh, we had done a music video for him and he wanted to have this premiere party. It was like a kind of like a political slanted music video. Mm. It was called um, I Treat My Bitches Like Bernie. So it was, yeah. <laughs> Tight. Um, but the video was cool. And he was like, you know, we want to have a proper premiere for it. So we ended up having this event at this bar um, on La Cienica called Mandrake and uh, a bunch of people came out like it was packed and we were like oh this is dope and so we were like what if we get uh, people together more often and screen videos and we were talking about doing it at Mandrake who this is so you're saying the rapper that was having the party yeah this is the dude that you this is my this is the co-founder yeah okay yeah and I met him. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for okay, sure right. so he he had the idea and he was like so why don't we take it to the next level and make it actually about the directors? And mm. he um, came up with this whole idea about how directors are underappreciated in the music community. For instance, like when you watch the VMAs, the director never comes on stage to accept the VMA, right? right? It's always the artist, which is crazy. So, um, so he was like, yeah, what if we do this event and we highlight the best videos of the month and have a director come and speak on their work and do a Q and a kind of like a panel setting. Right. And, uh, and I was like, man, that's dope. I was like, that's really, really cool. So um, I guess in terms of how we work together on it, um, I'll put together like an hour long 
curated mix of like what I deem are the best videos of the month or if there's a video that's like super popping and I can't not put it in um and we'll screen it in a uh we, it's been going on a delicious pizza when it was in LA it was a delicious pizza on Adams shout outs to delicious they support everything we do bomb pizza too yeah pretty good pizza right yeah I liked it yeah and um and now actually so Greg has moved to New York, so he's trying to get it popping in New York. Mm. So we had our one-year anniversary night at the Brooklyn Museum, which was surreal. Right, that's like crazy. Beautiful, and uh, it was outside. We had uh, Eve Rivera yeah. come out, and he's done um, videos for Khaled, Nikki, French, like Super New Everybody. York. Everybody. Yeah. I'm no one. What's yeah. that song? How does that shit go? Which one? With Bieber. You know, oh, one, yeah, yeah, I can't man, sing, man, but yeah, yeah, that's that the song. one. Yeah, he, yeah, he did the video for that, which yeah. has like fucking 500 million views. And, and it like, was up for VMA too, so crazy. we were able to talk about that. But we've had, it's been really, really awesome. We've had some really talented directors. I feel like I learned so much mm -hmm. every month, like putting together the videos. Um, but why did, why, like, how did it happen? Like, why were you in this conversation with him as far as like, let's put this together? Or did you, you guys put the party together? We put happened? the party together. Who? Yeah. And me and Greg and Marcos. And, okay. and uh, Marcos, by the way, is your uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Marcos is my creative partner. Yep. Uh, yeah. I was putting out there. Yeah, <laughs> if we mention partner. him a lot, he actually asked that I call him Jay on the show. But I don't call him Jay in real I life. I call him so. Jay. Yeah, I know. He's Everybody calls right him Jay. Now. I'm like the only person that doesn't call him Jay. He's in the room right now. You can't see him, but he'll like, be on the podcast soon enough. I just need a female, so. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. He, he kind of looks stay like, out of this one. Let me have this one. No. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you took his, he's got a big beard and maybe, never mind. This is going to be a shitty joke. Okay. <laughs> I was going to try to call you a girl. You can't hear him talk. Mexican Santa Claus. There you go. <laughs> uh, if uh, Dave, if you're editing this right now, please put up a picture of Marcos and AJ <laughs> right now, right here in my hands. Anyway, so he he came to you guys. You guys yeah. put on a party. The party was popping. Yeah. Now you've done a year of this shit with like yeah. what kind of directors have come in? Like what kind? Like what music videos are they doing? Because they're big videos. That yeah. A lot of these directors are have definitely. Done. It's a lot, of, and and everybody's down to do it. So for for uh, example, the first one we have Video God, and he. Um, He's done most of Gucci Mane's videos, mm. like Jeezy videos. He's a big time um, dude from Atlanta. And then we had Hannah Lux Davis, like I mentioned. She was, uh, well, she was our second woman on there. We've actually had three women. We had um, Spaghetto, who's a um, dope uh, Italian director who mm. did the twerk documentary. And then we had Hannah Lux, who's done like our Ariana's videos, Nikki's videos. And then we just recently had Tamara Davis. I don't know if you were there for that one, but she I can't remember. She did the Basquiat documentary, like uh. from footage that she shot when she was in her twenties, just like hanging out with him. That's crazy. And then it ended up being huge. And then she also directed Half Baked. Dope. And Billy Madison. So fuck. she was incredibly inspirational. That'd to watch. be dope as fuck. And she's so humble and chill and she had great advice. And I was just like, wow. Yo, do you guys record that? Yeah, we do. Yeah, you guys should do like so. I went to an event not too long ago um, <laughs> called. You probably are already thinking about what I'm about to say. Which but, one? No. Well, I was gonna say you guys should like record it, like do actual. A podcast. Yeah, do a podcast. Yeah, we've put. Uh, I think we put the one with um, with Kevin Swain, who did a bunch of Tupac's videos. Mm -hmm. We put that one up as a podcast. That's sick. But you know, it was. It's been kind of in the in the um, a lot of different. Uh, technical difficulties for the event not 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 too many but kind of like trying to figure out how to get it right because yeah. the focus is more on the event itself so sometimes like we didn't get clean audio yeah, yeah, you yeah. know we marcos and i were just running around trying to put all the pieces together and then of course like greg was um 
you know, dealing with the directors and trying to make sure they're cool and figuring out what to ask them and talk about. So the focus has been more on the event, but uh, coming up, we definitely want to focus more on the content part of yeah. it so that it's something that's shareable, be it like in a podcast, we're still doing videos. Um, and just be sure it's something that like people that aren't able to come to the event, because right now it's only in like New York. Um, You're not doing them in LA anymore? We're going to come back to LA. We'll come okay. back to LA. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but it'll be this spring. We'll... we'll have a big one and with, the, with the with the big dog. And well, come back to it was tight too for me because I don't remember what when the fuck it was, but I came to my first music video night and yeah. I don't even know who the fuck was there because it was so packed. Yeah. Like, all right, it's so you guys can get like a description of this and it's like <laughs> it's basically is there footage of this online? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's um, musicvideonight.com. You can check out. We have the recaps that we've done. They're up there, and there's photos and information okay, about the events yeah, yeah so check that out that'll yeah. be in the description and shit maybe we'll yeah. put it on the video for the yeah. youtube stuff but i like i walk in it's a pizza spot right and then you go through the pizza spot and in the back is like this like little room that's set up for like events but you can mm-hmm. fit mad chairs in there there's probably like yeah how many people do you think you could fit inside like 50 maybe? yeah 50 maybe mm-hmm. easily like 50 people and it was just jam-packed like in between the seats and then out coming through the out in the hallway it was like so packed so i had to like stand out in the back of the hallway to like see it but so I had no idea if people were speaking. I didn't know what was happening, but it was sick because it was like, I I personally, you know, you watch music videos like all the time yeah. when I was growing up and like yeah. music and shit. And then when I got out here, I've been so fucking busy that I can't even stay up to date on that shit. So it was crazy to come in. And also the same fact, people put on music videos and I feel like we don't watch them all the time anyway. Sure. Like through in yeah. its entirety because we don't have time. Sure. Like people are too distracted. Like if you put on a YouTube video, I'll probably pick up my phone in the middle of it because someone texts you right. or whatever. Right. But it was sick because I felt bad. All I wanted to do was pull out my phone and Instagram how <laughs> crazy it was that there was that many people in there. But I felt bad having my phone out and I felt obligated to sit there and watch the music videos because I thought the entire time, like when I, I didn't know you guys played just a bunch of music videos before yeah. they spoke. So I just thought the directors were in the room that did these videos. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful. And then oh. you catch yourself <laughs> actually watching a music video and you're like tuned in. And it was dope. And I looked around and everyone in the room was like, so focused, focused. Yeah. yeah just so focused on music video and i'm like we don't do this shit anymore yeah, so it's like sure. a unique way to try to like get eyeballs on these videos yeah. truthfully again even yeah. though like they didn't pick the video they're just sitting there waiting you know what i mean but now <laughs> that it's so entertaining because that's why we like music videos mm-hmm. but i think it was really dope so then you guys yeah you guys went to new york and did like your first new york yeah shit and yeah it was cracking how many people were there um maybe a hundred crazy no more 200? 200 people? It was packed out. And wow. it, it was, um, yeah, it was packed. And what I love about it is that we get such good questions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such, and, and, and the directors are so down to share, like, specific information. And for, um, for that one, we did uh, this guy named Kareem. He was actually a producer of a lot of videos. And he's been a longtime producer of music videos, done a bunch, like, once for back in the day. So he came out, too, and... Um, and spoke, and mm. we're trying now uh, to focus on um, potentially some other parts of the music video, so not just the director. Yeah. So, for instance, actually tomorrow, um, well, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but... PA night. <laughs> right. Tomorrow, um, uh, we're doing a collaboration with uh, MoMA, so it's going to be at the MoMA in New York, which mm. is a crazy big deal, and it's they're doing a, a series on hip-hop fashion, so yeah. we're examining... Uh, hip-hop fashion through the lens of music videos and we have this guy named upscale vandal who was uh 
helped relaunch the Billionaire Boys Club Crazy. brand and has worked with like Pusha T That's and Jay Balvin tight. and stuff like that on styling and um, and fashion. And so he's going to be the person. So this is our first time not having a director. Mm-hmm. And he's um, like a fashion icon in New York. But that's a tight branch. Yeah. So would you, do you feel that by naming it Music Video Night, you kind of, do you have to like We're not limited. That? No, I don't think so. I don't think we're limited to, because uh, we're still going to show music videos. Okay. No. Yeah, so we're going to show um, music videos and then he's going to talk about the fashion in the music videos. Mm. So it's all kind of pe- pieces of it, you know, and there's yeah. so many different parts to music videos. Not I just love that shit. Yeah. I think a podcast, because what I was going to say earlier was I went to, uh, have you ever been to the Wanderlust? Wanderlust? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's like Hollywood and uh, I don't fucking know, Cross Streets, but uh, one of my family friends, like a family friend, he's like a art street artist mm-hmm. or whatever. And he goes by the name of Morley. Mm-hmm. And so he read at this, it's called Mortified. Have you ever heard of Mortified? No. So dope. You guys got to go. What I think it? actually, I think there's one on Valentine's Day. You all have to come. Like we all should mob out. Cause I, I, the w- first time we went, it was just me and Lauren. We went and watched it. And basically what it is, it's, it's like five people get up and they read um, like their diaries from when they were a kid. Like shit that you would be mortified if someone heard. Oh, I see. I and see. so, and I think this this was actually they had done a Netflix or there was like a documentary early on, like eight years mm-hmm. ago. They made a mortified documentary. It was huge, it exploded. They had a book. It was bomb. Blah blah blah. And so they brought it back and they do it live and like they pack out this place and they'll just read these stories and it's so fucking funny. Like you're <laughs> like when you hear the shit that they're thinking when they were kids or whatever. Like it's so wild. But yeah. they did that shit and it was cool. And I know that they've been recording like each speech or whatever and putting it up on as a podcast. So I'd be sick to yeah. add that element to your guys' shit. But also, like, would you guys say in the future you would start charging for that shit? Because um, you got a sponsor too, right? Mass yeah, Appeal. yeah, yeah. It's under Mass Appeal. Um, they sponsor us. And then uh, we're, we'll are we see. I mean, I don't think we're ready to charge yet. But, um, I mean, yeah, definitely down the line. But, I, I mean, I, I like the idea that people can come for free, right? right. Like, I, I, you know, they can just RSVP or just show up and um, – you know, I don't think that information should like come with the price tag necessarily if mm-hmm. the directors are willing to share it. So we'll see. But um, yeah, definitely getting it out there um, as a podcast and putting videos out more consistently is something we're going to be doing. So it's not just limited to the people who can yeah. come. Damn. But you should let Black Window Cream sponsor it, and I'll give you uh, some like, mugs. Um, no, I, ran, I sold out the mugs. <laughs> oh, dang. We just these two for the podcast only. That's it. Uh, I'll think of something like a t shirt. Yeah, that could be cool. And I'll talk about it on the podcast all the time. Yeah. I don't just, know. I always just try to bring educate. it up. Well, you know what? We actually had, we've had some people from Black With No Cream come to the events, for really? sure. In New York, yeah, we had some people that were um, that were from the group. What? They came out. Yeah, shout out to, to them. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember plugging that shit. Yeah, hell yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I fucking love this group because it's really weird how it's like working. Yeah. And people are actually like, Connecting dots and all this shit's happening or whatever has been pretty sick, but this ain't about the uh, black and milk cream. It's about you. Um, so <laughs> it's all good. Shout out to black and milk yeah, cream. Yeah, shout out to black and milk cream. <laughs> um, the way we met was through my friend and your friend TF. Yeah. And so I met you guys in Florida. Yeah, I can't believe you remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy trip. Yeah. Um, it was fucking funny because <laughs> uh, we like, fuck, what show was it? It was in. It was the, Orlando. It was in Orlando, and yeah. it was the hottest venue like like it was so hot that i couldn't do photography shit because my lens would steam up so much yeah it was so packed like it was so so wild um but you guys were there and i think that might have been the first time i met jay too maybe it was when you guys both came there but what'd you guys do fly there 
Yeah, we flew there. So I was visiting my friend who lived in Florida, uh. and um, and then we wanted to come to the show. We wanted an excuse to go to a show on right. the tour, basically. And that one ended up being crazy. Yeah, so, super crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that night was crazy, too. TF, so so TF is... When I was on, for whoever doesn't fucking know yeah. what I do, yeah. when I was on tour with Schoolboy Q, TF has a song with him, and it's for yeah. Tuki Knows. He's like a feature on Tuki Knows, and it's like one of the fucking biggest songs. And so every night on tour, TF would come out and perform with Traffic, and they would like tear up the stage and shit. These two, which you can't, if you're watching this on YouTube, you guys can't see Jay, but um, like manage him and create his content, and like they all come up with ideas and shit and work really fucking hard behind the scenes and have been like, curating this amazing content with him and i don't know i think it's super impressive and shit because i love fucking ts music and shit so what all do you do for tf um and how'd that come to be too (laughs) that's kind of interesting uh well i'll let Marcos talk about that on his podcast if he's going to be on there but um he has been working tf for a few years now Mm -hmm. and back when he before Q before anybody and they would just be recording at the house we have right. a, a, a studio at the house and they would just be up all night doing songs and um and uh then we started to kind of get them together and started doing videos and I was the editor of all the early videos for him um none of which uh, I could, anymore? I could, no, they're online, but I, I couldn't really share with my parents cause they're like super scandalous. So yeah, but I'm the, go- the ghost them? editor. Really? Yeah. So you sure. want to put your name on it? I mean, I could, but yeah, I don't know. I just, we'll just say that I wouldn't share them with my parents. <laughs> but anyway, since then we've definitely progressed and elevated and it's been dope because, um, it was, it was such a blessing for him to get to work with Hugh and it's be crazy. on the Tuki Nose the whole, you know, three parts of the, that video, because I think that really, and he's, he said before that that kind of opened his mind to like creative possibilities when you're doing videos. And so then we were kind of like, okay, like he's down, you know? So any other video concept that was crazy out of the box, like he's with it or he has the concepts himself. So it's, um, it's awesome to like, have an artist that we're working with that's down for that to really really go outside the box with videos like we were telling people for the pen express video there's no rapping in that video at all Mm -hmm. and um now that's something we're trying to do with like every video yeah we we don't want to have any more rapping but um i mean i'm sure it'll happen but it was definitely something where like he wasn't like oh yeah you don't want to get a performance scene no like none of that he was down so uh so yeah i've been editing at least the videos that, that Marcos is directing and I'm um, usually producing them. So helping organize, um, you know, props and locations right. and whatnot. Um, and then I'm kind of in charge of merch. Um, I guess semi-publicist. Like so a lot of, of a lot of different things. Yeah, so but how, you just do what you can. But how did, what does this come from, like? as far as like your childhood and shit, how does that push you into this whole creative world as far as being an editor, doing all this extra shit and like learning all that stuff? What did you do early on that kind of like led you to this path? You know what I mean? Um, well, I've always uh, been really into hip hop. Like mm-hmm. since I was real young, I was like on hip hop forums and stuff like that in like eighth grade and seventh grade. And just, I was trying to connect people and um, connect with other people. Cause I, I grew up like, on military bases and, and all kinds of strange places that didn't have hip hop communities. And so I had to go online to find these communities where I could talk about music with people that I couldn't talk about it with in real right. life. 
And um, I was always like, just digging like deeper and deeper, you know, into like super underground rap shit and just finding unheard of artists and mm. reaching out to them on MySpace. And like, even before I knew exactly what I wanted to do, I was just always trying to connect with people that I thought were dope and push them. And, um, and so I think after I, I said this too off camera, but when I was growing up, I thought I wanted to be like a news reporter. And then I quickly discovered like I didn't want to be on camera, and I liked the editing side of it way more. Yeah, and she's super nervous about this shit. Yeah, like, three cameras on us right now. I mean, and there's a light and everything, yeah. but no. So, um, so yeah, I uh, I decided I liked editing, and I um, I grew up like watching MTV and BET and watching all these 2000s music videos mm -hmm. that were high budget, and a lot of them are super dope. And I was like, man, I just want to do music videos. Right. So I think probably when I was um, 17 or 18 I decided I wanted to do music videos and little did I know the game would like completely change and you know budgets would get slashed for music videos and everyone would have to be making them with the DSLRs and stuff right. like that so um so it all just kind of came together I guess you know when um when I met Marcos and he had like uh experience in in audio engineering and um but also you know we kind of just really developed our um our uh, creative vision together and we would always see artists and like critique them and just to ourselves you know be like oh why isn't this artist doing this or why you know um why is their social media handle this or like why trash. yeah like just just you know like oh why they put th why they put this video out or why are they wearing that it's just like yeah. just stuff that managers would say you know yeah. so um so when he started working with tf and tf was kind of down for our input then um you know, we kind of just China. ran with it, you know, and they're, they're partners. So it's not like we're telling him what to do. Yeah. He's completely in charge of his own career and everything like that. We're just kind of like advising based on our experience. Right. So, so yeah. where all did you grow up at? Like, where are you technically oh, from or where are you from? Some like fucking someplace <laughs> in like Florida and then live No, in? definitely not Florida. No. Um, so, so my dad was in the air force and we moved, okay. I moved maybe 14 times um so God damn. yeah so it was all over um a lot in the south so i lived in south carolina alabama louisiana um virginia i lived in um where else las vegas i spent a lot of time in vegas i have a vegas area code which is like super sus That's funny as fuck. yeah people don't answer my calls yeah. the vegas area code um <laughs> i lived in japan actually for um two separate times that was crazy damn that's tight though. yeah that like shaped me a lot when I was in Japan. Fuck, being a kid. How so? What time frame is this for you? So this was all growing up. So my dad didn't get out of the Air Force until maybe um, until I was in my twenties. Oh shit! So I moved like every year, every two years. That'd be so hard until to, college. Like, yeah. Have that you know constant change or whatever, and like it makes total sense why you end up on. I mean, I was on forums too, but that's just because yeah. I felt outcasted in my <laughs> own school. You know what I mean? Like I felt like. No one else, well, only, like, a few collect people, but I at least had people in real life to talk to, but I could totally relate to, like, utilizing forums to communicate to people, which is kind of, like, what this shit is. Like, mm -hmm. Black Widow Cream, people get on there all the time and are conversing with each other in, like, ways that I don't think they could talk to people at home about. For sure. But I don't know. What, what do you think it was that was, like, the turning point as far as, like, was it once you got to California? When did you guys, when did you guys meet, you and Jay? Mm, 2009. So, well, like, around that time, was mm -hmm. that, like, you guys being together and him working on his music shit and whatever, and then you guys started playing with, 
were you playing with cameras and shit like that before? Yeah. So I moved out here. I, I, um, so I went to college in South Carolina and I bought a camera with money I got from college graduation. And then I moved out here and I had the camera and that was like the only thing I had with like some money I'd saved up, but it was like a big ass camera too. And, um, so back then this was before like the 5d came out. Oh yeah. So it was a while ago. What the JVC, like whatever the fuck no, it was, it was like a, the cool <laughs> skate looking one. It was a, it was a Panasonic DVX 100, Panasonic which is a really dope camera. I actually still have it cause I love it so much. I can't let it go, but it was, the fir- it was the first like camera that I had ever used where you could do everything manually. So it was like big, like a camcorder, but you could okay. set like your frame rate. So you could shoot in slow-mo on it. Um, you could do all manual aperture to, and to everything DV like tapes? that. Yeah. To many DVs. So, um, so I had this camera and I was, I knew I wanted to do music videos when I came out here. Right. So I would just pull up to shows. Like I was trying to meet artists on my own and I would pull up with the camera and I would just like have people come up to me. Cause I was like, this girl was big ass camera and they'd be like, Hey, I want to do a video or Hey, like shoot, let's shoot some content or they didn't even call it contact. Then. Yeah, it was like, then. let's do some videos, you know? So, um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Just like super hungry, eager to do everything. This is how you were like getting, like That's making how, a living? No, 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 no. I had a job and then that was just kind of like what I was trying to pursue on the side. Right. And, um, and then I met Marcos and I always tell people this. It was crazy because when I first met Marcos, I had just finished editing my first like music video for this artist. And, um, and I thought it was so dope. Like I thought it killed it. And I was sending it to all these people like, hey, give me your feedback. And they're just gassing me up like, oh, it's so ju- it's so good, Jess, like you killed it. And then I had just met Marcos and I showed it to Marcos and he was like, yeah, it's cool. He's like, yeah. I- <laughs> he, was like, he was like, I don't know, like the color, you didn't really spend that much time on the color oh, and like damn. giving me all this feedback that was super specific, but that yeah. was like so on point. And I was like, dang, like he's right, you know. I love him. And no, <laughs> no, <laughs> Dan, not even I love that. This guy. Not even that because, like, normally I don't take criticism very well. Right. But That's I was hard. just, but I, but I respected the criticism because I was like, dang, like it's true, you know. And so I, ever since then, I was like, okay, he's somebody that I need to have, mm. like, on my side, and and we need to start start working together. Dope. And so, um, so I mean, we were working together before we got together for That's crazy. a long time but um but yeah so so i was shooting these videos for um for this this rapper and it was kind of like vlog style so and this was before people were even really doing vlogs and i would just go out and i would shoot with him maybe like three or four days a week he was like hey he would call me like hey jess like i'm gonna go get my car wash like shoot me getting my car wash it was like hey i want to go to the beach like shoot me going to the beach like all this stuff and i would just have the camera and like docu style and document it but he, he you know he had kind of a big personality so it was fun and and um also he i think he liked the idea of being seen out with the camera because it made him look like somebody and um yeah that's true and yeah and that's then, a good idea that's really good <laughs> yeah idea. right because people be like oh who are you and be like oh you know yeah, whatever yeah. follow me or whatever so um buy my mixtape yeah exactly who was it who's the rapper um no i'm not gonna say his name but um he he uh yeah, yeah. It was just it was a long time up? ago. No, I don't think so. I think Damn, he took him down. I know. They might be. I'm not sure. I haven't looked for him in a while. But, you know, so it was... It, and what's crazy is when I watch, like, the, the Q tour videos, yeah. I was like, dang, if I would have, like, kept going with what I was doing with him back then, it could have eventually come to something like that. Like, for not to sure. compare myself to, like, to, you know, no, how good sure. of an editor you are, but I was like, man, it was kind of a similar style, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, playing off jokes and, like, putting totally. shit together. So, what is it? Yeah. it? Were they music videos or they were, like, No, they were vlogs. They were vlogs. So, we would shoot maybe, like, three or four days a week. And yeah. then at the end of the week, 
or whatever, I would um, edit them and then try to like take out all the best parts and make them funny. And that was my first time ever editing any content like that. Damn. And um, and you know, it's kind of rough to to watch them back then. Oh but, yeah, I mean, um, everything's <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's so fucking funny to watch that shit. <laughs> but it, but some of them were real good, you know. And yeah. um, and I would get paid 150 bucks for probably like four days worth of shooting and like 12 hours worth of editing. And that was what I would get. Hey, you know, at least he paid you. Yeah, I true. Been worse. For sure. I could have not got paid. But so Marcos came along and he was like, Hey, you know, I want to help you working with this artist. Why don't you let me go? Cause a lot of times it was like studio sh- sessions that were super late night and I didn't really want to be there or, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, d- I just was like, I don't want to go. It was like a strip club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he would start shooting for me he's like, I'll go to the strip and club I was like, you. dang, like he's kind of <laughs> right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I volunteer. One, <laughs> I got this one. I got this one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and I was like, dang, like he's pretty nice with the camera, you know, and um, got some good shots, and they were like, maybe we should start doing music videos, and then, um, and then we started working with other artists. It was, it, it's always been about for us like finding undiscovered talent. I think mm-hmm. that we really believe in because that's something that we're both passionate about, and even to this day, there's like artists that, you know we were like searching forever for this dude's SoundCloud and we couldn't remember what it was. And right. he's like the dopest dude we've heard in years. And we're like, we have to find him. We yeah. have to work with him. Um, so that's what it's been about for us. It's just finding people and, and figuring out how we can align ourselves with them in whatever way they need. And then helping them like put those pieces together so that they can get exposure and, and, and take it to the next level. Then you guys and tell me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. But didn't you tell me that you guys did something early for Kendrick, like before he was even remotely something? Did you guys work with him at all? Or we shoot some shit? yeah. Well, we didn't because it didn't it didn't end you, up. You wrote going treatments through. for it. We wrote a treatment. Um. So so Kendrick. Um. Back in probably like 2010, he used to do like a lot of little shows around LA before he really had a big buzz going. And I think we went to some show at um. A club in Hollywood and Kendrick was headlining we mm-hmm. went because we were uh friends with BJ the Chicago kid he was performing and then Kendrick was like headlining oh right and um and I went and Marco saw Q and Marcos and Q like you know lived on the same street growing up and he was like oh. Q was Kendrick's hype man so he was like you know yeah yeah up there just doing hype man stuff yeah. and, 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 and Marcos connected with Q after the show and he was like oh what's up you know they hadn't seen each other in a while and we were like, yeah, like, you know, what are you up to? And he was like, yeah, you should you should work with Kendrick. So we had a, a meeting with them, and we really kind of clicked. It was with it was with Dave and Kendrick, and I can't remember who else, but it was, like, somebody's apartment. It was just, like, so low-key. And, and at um, the time, you guys were already cracking on videos, and, like, that we were, knew but that you were doing that shit? No, not at all. People didn't know. We were still trying to, like... Like, Kendrick was one of those people that we saw, and we were like, oh, we believe in him. We want to push him, you know? Mm-hmm. But little did we know... Like, not even a year later, he would put out, I think he put out um, Overly Dedicated, and then Section 80 was after that. Yeah. So so we had an idea for a video, and uh, and it was great, and Kendrick liked it, and Dave initially liked it, and then I think they talked about it, and they just realized it wasn't a good look for him at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we respected it. We were like, yeah. okay, well, this is what the route they want to go with him, obviously they did something right <laughs> like yeah. crazy right so crazy. it's just it's wild how things come full circle and now you know we're getting to right. work with tde again just in a different way mm-hmm. but um 
but I remember, you know, we really, really loved Kendrick back then, and we, we just saw what they were doing, and we respected it so much. Who else are so you guys working with right now that's besides TF, like, in the same, you know, aspect? Are you guys working with any other artists right now, or is it just TF mainly? Um, can we talk about who we're working with? Everyone, she's asking JJ, sitting on the ground. He's going <laughs> to give her an answer in a second. Um, so Marcos is working with um, this guy named Mani Kulin. He's from LA. He's cool. really, really dope. Um, he's got a good buzz. He's real big on SoundCloud. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, and I'm working with um, my girl Hannah. Shout out to Hannah Got Raps. Hannah She's Got Raps. Dope. I met yeah. her at your house. Uh, you guys moved into a house, like, when was that? Three months ago? Uh, in June. Uh, June 30th. Fuck. That was my birthday. Yeah, it's been, yeah, more than six months already. June 30th? Wait, so then you're not a Gemini. You're another, you're the one after no, that? cancer. Shit, I'm a Gemini. Damn, I don't Could've trust been cool. you. Could've been cool. <laughs> Could have been cool. Gemini's, man. Um, but yeah, when we were there, I met her and she was super tight. Yeah. And I got reps. Everyone yeah. look her up on what, She's amazing. SoundCloud? Yeah. Um, SoundCloud. Um, if you search for the Blossom Project on Spotify, just search for Hannah Blossom. It might pop up. But Hannah got reps on, um, on socials. She's super dope. She's still got really big hair. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that me and Lauren were driving on Sunset the other day, and Lauren's like, oh, that's Hannah Got Raps. And we just, like, <laughs> her like that. You know what's funny is people think they don't know if it's Hannah Got Raps or Hannah Go Traps. Oh, my God. Who this... the fuck is that? How do you think know. that? Damn. But so what do you know. do with people her? What, do you, what all are you working with her on? Um, we're just we're trying to figure it out right now. We're yeah. trying to figure it out. We, I, um, uh, we did her first music video. Oh, dope. For, it's called Better. Or it's not It's not her first music video, but it was her first video off of this project that she put out. Cool. Um, and we just, we got a lot of stuff we're talking about and trying to figure out. Um, I don't know who else we're officially working with. Kind of got the hands full with TF right yeah, now. Yeah, goddamn. But a lot of people that we're kind of talking to and, and following and and just tr- trying to see how we can get in and help for sure. Do your is your family living in South Carolina right now? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why you guys were over there. Yeah. That, for okay, sure. that makes way more sense. Yeah. I know <laughs> You're that like, they why? went out there and they like shot some <laughs> music video for TF, and I was like, why the fuck they go out to South Carolina? So you, yeah, was that like your parent? Like, the, all right, so t- this video is not out yet. No, right? no, no, no. When's no. it coming out? Um, TBD. Probably next month. Yeah, okay. next month. But they went out and shot a video out in South Carolina. It was like hilarious because TS like fucking Instagram shit was like all the um, Stranger Things kids yeah. and shit like that. And like it just looked that so was cold. dope. That was really dope. Um, so that was my first time having to do casting for a video. And oh, you cat? Wait, you really tried it. to make them look like the Stranger Things? Kids? No, it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with Stranger Things. Oh. He just like called the kids Stranger oh, Things. I was like, because they did kind of <laughs> look like that shit. <laughs> A it really bit. did kind of look like that. Yeah, low key. No, but so um, so it was a story around like two kids growing up in the South, and um, and uh, we yeah. So I haven't lived in South Carolina since I went to college there, like over ten years ago, and I was trying to figure out how to cast, and we had all of our actors like pulled out the day before and in LA it would be so easy to cast. Yeah, you yeah. just put up an ad and you get like 30 people that are down. But there I, w- it was crazy and it was like over Christmas and nobody was checking their email. But, uh, luckily it all came together and we ended up, um, casting some really, really talented crazy. kids and we shot, um, like a farm. So it's going to be really different from anything he's done before. Dope. But and there, it's it's gonna be a little a little shocking. It's for the song uh, "Misguided." So tight. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be sick. Yeah. So then the other thing that I thought was tight because I was like trying to plan off of like what I know about. No, you. that's cool. But it was like um, 
we shot what video did we shoot? Uh, Concrete Jungles. We were oh, like yeah. trying to pick up some shots for con- so when we were on tour, we were in uh, France somewhere, Nimes, 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 France. Uh-huh. I want to say. I don't know how you say it. That sounds right to me. Yeah. yeah. So we're out there, and there's this old ass fucking Game of Thrones like <laughs> arena shit mm-hmm. where people used to get slayed and stuff, and it was built in year seventy like nine. Yeah. That's wild. That's a long time ago. Crazy. <laughs> so we like went out and we were like climbed up on the walls and did all shit. And then TF's like, yo, listen to this song. And he starts <laughs> pulling out some email and plays me the song. And I'm like, that's tight. But this is as we were done. We were already we already did all our exploring. Everyone got their fucking selfies and shit. And then we we're like, all right, we're leaving. And then he's like, we shoot a video for it. And we had already walked out and we're like, yo, let's just try to go back in. But the guy's probably gonna charge us. So we made up some shit that we left something in there. He's like, all right, <laughs> no go. way. Yeah, so we went back in and like we shot as quick as we could, like um, we just went into like one tunnel. We're like, this is sick. So then he just started rapping and like, we were literally MacWap is holding his phone, playing the song from his cell phone. Like, wow. Concrete jungle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, like, we couldn't hear it sometimes. And then and we like, <laughs> all right, do something different. He like takes his shirt off. <laughs> all right, go over here. He does it there. And that just wasn't enough to make a video. So then we, um, you like, he's like, yo, I got a studio. He kept saying, like, I got a studio to film at. And I'm like, man, this is going to look like stupid <laughs> as fuck. I don't want to go shoot in some ratchet. Or you think it's like a recording studio? Recording studio, yeah. yeah, I'm like, God. yeah. So then he's like, come over here. So I go over there and I get to, uh, where is that office at? Like somewhere off Vine or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have like an office over mm-hmm. in that space. And so we go in and it's like this massive, like fucking 16 foot tall window, like <laughs> apartment looking thing. But it had a bunch of like set design stuff mm-hmm. and camera shit. Mm-hmm. And Jay's in there and you guys are all in there setting up like, tripods and like some backdrops and shit i'm like oh what the fuck what who's is this shit like this looks like a good like youtube like a youtube space or yeah whatever. yeah yeah and then you were like yeah these are these dudes that um jump cut yeah and she's like they're killing it i work for them and i'm like yeah. what the fuck is jump cut yeah and then i like looked it up and he told me and it was like subscription-based academy and i'm like oh fuck this is crazy and i realized like what they were doing and like that, so how did that come? So you started. So that's my day job. Yeah, yeah that's my job. Mm-hmm. I've been working with them for about two years now, um, and so they're a, a a startup that creates educational content that basically teaches people how to live non traditional lifestyles. So the first course we put out, our flagship course, it's called Viral Academy. It teaches people how to be successful on YouTube. So not just um, creating content, but how to. Uh, how to make it go viral in a sense, and mm. then how to also monetize and um, team up and do brand deals or collaborate with other YouTubers. And it gives you a whole framework for how you can be successful on YouTube and make right. a living out of it. And then we actually just launched our second course, which is um, teaching people how to create informational, like automated informational products, like which is kind of a strange concept, but yeah. if you ever like are scrolling through, yeah, actually we're flooding everybody's IG and Facebook right now. So if you see a jump cut ad, that's probably what it's I for. I see jump cut, ad, jump cut ads all the time. All the time, right? It's My crazy. Instagram is fucking ridiculous. Well, we're targeting you. And it was crazy because like I had never seen them until recently. Now I'm seeing them like every day. So You're we're, getting targeted. That's such a waste of money. Yeah, I know. But it, it like the ads work like crazy because people just... Yeah, they're they watch it they and and I think that who we're targeting are online all the time. So uh, we're trying to teach people with this new course how to. Um, Wait, you're targeting people, but you're teaching people how to target people. Exactly. Sick. Exactly. Yeah. Damn. Super meta. You know what's crazy is I find myself uh, anytime I'm on Instagram and I see it'll happen like this. I swear to God, I scroll and I see 
one second of something happen mm -hmm. and I realize it's a game and I can install it right then. And I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, that shit looks kind of tight. <laughs> and I down, I've downloaded probably 30 games in the last two months because someone's cracked the code on like how to convince you where they show you the most epic part of a game where it's like a <laughs> thing that flies in between pillars or a guy that swings by a rope and you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh shit, this looks tight. And I yeah. always download that motherfucking shit. And jump, the way that they did jump cuts, the same thing. Like it makes you feel like, oh shit, there's something... They make you feel like they have value mm -hmm. or there's something valuable there that they have and there's like some big secret or some shit. But yeah. I like it too because what I've seen from the courses is not like cornball. Yeah, for like, sure. It's, it's, it's real facts. Yeah. It's real information. And, um, and we have a lot of success stories, at least from our first part of Viral Academy, people that have like just blown up. But you have to really do it and stick to the program. Yeah. Um, and what's it? It's like hours of content basically that you guys are putting together yep, like yeah it's hours of instructional content there's also worksheets there's um different exercises you can do and um it, and it goes through everything from like start to finish like what gear you can buy if you're just starting out um the uh something called like the traits of virality which teaches you the elements that would make a video go viral and how to incorporate them all into mm. your videos like no matter what topic they are um, and then, and yeah, and then the money making side of it. Tight. So you just, you know, you, if, you, if people are really, really serious, I recommend it. It's worth it. You know, um, do you apply it to the shit you do? Like I do for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, I, you know, I kind of started at a more advanced level, but there's definitely advanced stuff in there. It would go into a lot about, um, utilizing like forums and Reddit communities and stuff like that. And the God, way, like Reddit. the specific way you can use Reddit, like science behind their algorithm so that you can get to the top so one of our students um they've got to the front page of reddit like four or five times Damn. and right after they started they started using our techniques and we're getting it to the top page so it's dope it's it's cool it's, you know that yeah. we're giving people an um kind of like an alternative lifestyle that's not the nine to five and I got on the dope. front page of Reddit once with the the me versus Q the um, fidget spinners. Fidget spinner video. Yeah. That's dope. I didn't know you yeah, you got it. to the front page. I neither. Until someone told me. I was like, oh, shit, that's <laughs> makes sense why I got some views. Reddit is its own whole I know. Own world, you know. And it's I really like world. it. Oh, the I had a friend on here. Um, he's like my fifth episode. His name's Tim Dye, but he goes mm -hmm. by the Everyday Astronaut. He just uh -huh. does these crazy, like um, he wears this. He got won an astronaut suit on eBay basically, and. <laughs> He just started wearing it and taking, he's a really good photographer and started mm -hmm. doing these ridiculous fucking photos of him in this spacesuit, basically trying to get back to, to space. <laughs> and he did an ill collage, like eight photo series of it and put it up on Reddit and got like millions of views, like wow. five or six millions. He was always on the front of the, of Reddit and like it's catapulted that career where he literally just quit his job not too long ago being like our main, he was probably the, like the most expensive wedding photographer in my hometown and the state of fucking Iowa and the Midwest. Because he's so good at it. Yeah. But he quit that shit to take, like, go full time with YouTube. And wow. now he's just been sitting there testing shit and live streaming. He does all this, like, rocket science and it's all about, like, space shit. He literally became a fucking character <laughs> and turned that shit into, like, a thing. And it's That's all, dope. yeah, but I, sh I should tell him about um, Jump Cut because I feel like he could. I mean, he's been studying it so much yeah. now, but at this point. But, like, how much is, like, the average cost? Because it's, like, when you hear it, it's, like, a thousand bucks for, like, a it's course. It's a thousand. Right? Well, it's a thousand for the whole program. And then they also have a payment plan, so you can sign up for the payment plan. Um, and it's—I <laughs> feel like I'm so like plugging it right now, but you know that's my 
that's my job and I fully like I'm really on board with what they teach yeah and um and I've you know been there and talked to these success stories and it's crazy but they have a full year um guarantee if so if you don't see success if you actually put forth the effort and go through the program and then you don't see success like you can get your money back. that's crazy yeah what a fucking risk right that's yeah. crazy but a thousand bucks like i don't know i feel like at this day and age um i just met with this kid nico earlier today random from um black and cream and like mm-hmm. q shit he just he i think he was at a show or something in in greece or wherever the fuck i don't know where the fuck we were at. Mm-hmm. but now he lives in australia he was in la and we were talking and shit and it's crazy because he said he shot um I was telling him I was doing your podcast tonight, mm-hmm. and he said they photographed the dude that does music shit for Jump Cut. That's like he got popular on YouTube back in the day with like Kong and those dudes. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Was it Aria? Is that a guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does he do music? He does music now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like metal or like some. Oh, you're talking about um, Riff Shop, right? It's two guys and they do death no, metal no, no. videos? No. No, because t- then I was looking at Jump Cut's website yeah. and I saw that shit, the death metal video. Oh, it's not him. Okay, the other guy, Arya. Arya, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe not. I've, don't it's fucking okay. judge me. I don't know. <laughs> but he said he was just shooting them and I'm like, that's fucking crazy because I was yeah. describing what you were doing. And he's like, oh, fuck, I know that. Yeah. I know Jump Cut because of this. And But he was also telling me that he's like in this weird situation where he has to go to college, he's from Greece, but doesn't want to, or, yeah, I think he said he's from Greece, doesn't want to stay there because the government's all fucked right now or something like that. So he he's like in Australia, he's trying to go to college so that he can become a resident because if you go, go to college and do all this stuff, it can like show that you care about the country and then you can eventually become, I don't know. All wow. This. So he's been trying to do that, but he ultimately would rather just live in LA. So right, basically right. he's doing a roundabout, long-term, shitty thing to be able to, get here so if he can do it here it's gonna be easier for him to do it here right, right. and so he was talking about coming here and trying to go to film school mm-hmm. and then i was listening i'm like why do you need film school because yeah. he's already out he's toured with some like massive artists he compared him to like um the kendrick of wherever <laughs> country yeah, i think it was and, and the dude's sick like the videos the dude's cracking like his That's shows dope. look crazy i don't know my face recognition is not recognizing my <laughs> on my cell phone it's not like recognizing me with this stupid ass headphone on I don't know his name the artist I'm terrible at this show well, like, send him to me I want to check out the Kendrick of um, Greece that's lit yeah damn Bloody Hawk <laughs> okay. is the artist's name yeah so he's just crazy whatever apparently he but I, I wouldn't say they're comparing him musically but like the way I guess the his thought process is oh, and yeah. the way he makes music is like similar or whatever anyway he went and toured with him did all the shit and I'm like yo you don't really I don't personally believe that you need film school because yeah. I went, didn't go yeah, and I'm still doing fine out here. And I'm like, at this point, it's a lot of money to go network with people. And I'm like, but you're already doing that with your cell phone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you use your cell phone and then you flew yourself to Greece and went on tour with an artist that you said is like remotely like huge over there. So like you're already doing it. You don't right. need to do this shit. But he had to like do it through because he was trying to get citizenship, right. which is crazy. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, you don't really think I need it? I'm like, no. If you have to go to school, go to some fucking shitty community college mm-hmm. and just deal with it. But like you have things like Jump Cut and mm-hmm. fucking YouTube and the yeah. real life situations, which I really think help. But when I was um, first starting out with like Final Cut, I was de- I got it for free from an old teacher and she like let me have it and i was like oh fuck i like loaded it up on my macbook pro and then i didn't use it for six months because mm-hmm. i was like i opened it up and was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> in here and i like thought i could use it because i thought i'm like this cool filmmaker that i can do anything and i opened up i have no idea how to use it and i didn't touch it and then i got i bought a book like a, a 
like guide mm-hmm. on how to like it was basically tutorials before tutorials were a thing and you could like walk through and do steps and do tests and like try shit out and that shit i don't know how much that costs like a couple hundred bucks and my dad almost had me go to like a an academy up in minneapolis so i could get like certified he's like dude i'll put you through it if you really think you could do this shit blah 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 it's like three grand so a thousand dollars to do it now i think people are always like expecting free yeah you know what i mean which yeah. is kind of difficult especially for like guys that got famous on youtube that sure. then started jump cut yeah like they're expecting them like to just give it all all up but yeah. that's how you how you supposed to make a living yeah and still exactly. teach what you're good at yeah. I don't know. I just think it's so such a good move for young creators to like make that investment and then that returns probably well, Much I mean you greater. guys guarantee that it's supposed to work yeah. in a sense, you know what I mean? But like you yeah, should be able sure. to take away some value in it, but Yeah, well when you think about how much film school costs, especially if you go to like a film specific school. Yeah. I mean it's crazy and um and you're not going to get paid even if you go to school and you get straight out of school, you're not going to get paid right away. I don't know. And you shouldn't expect to, you no. know. So uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's worth a thousand bucks, but I, I, um, so I graduated college in 2008 Yeah. and YouTube was just starting to like crack. I remember mm-hmm. my little sisters would do videos on YouTube of them like singing and dancing. And I was right. like, man, what is this? This is weird. And they would like share it on MySpace. And that was like the beginning of YouTube to me. And, um, and I, I mean, uh, I had no idea that I would be like, 10 years later working at a business that ultimately started from YouTube. Know, like it's right. mind blowing, yeah. but I, I wish that I had known that I didn't need to go to school. I really wish that I had known because I, I also, it's crazy. An old teacher gave me premiere. So I learned on premiere. It was like premiere t- two or something yeah, like right. that. And then, um, and then I learned avid and then, uh, cause I was working at a TV station, um, in high school as part of like a high school internship program when I really? lived in Japan. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like the the military TV channel and I would go in and um, we'd do these like little news segments on the school and That's they would hilarious. play them on local TV. That's so and funny. then, but I learned Avid, which is crazy. Because yeah. um, back then you couldn't just get it. And, uh, and then I still, I had Premiere on my laptop and so I, I would kind of like do little stupid projects on Premiere. And then... Um, and then when I got to college, they taught us Final Cut. So then I learned Final Cut. And then when Final Cut, um, you know, to went 10. to 10 or whatever, then I went back to Premiere. So did I. But yeah, it's kind of like everybody's story. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think everything that I learned, um, at least in terms of editing, was just from doing it on my own. Mm. And I don't think I ever got a job and they were looked at the classes I took in college or they looked at even you know my gpa in college or whatever yeah they're just like oh here's your work it's good you know you have the job or let's see what you can do so um yeah i i think uh there are a lot of different ways you can pursue this and school might seem like an easy way and it's definitely a way to meet people and sure the connections i made in college a lot of us have now like moved out to LA and we connect with each other and help each other out. And that's been awesome. But I think if you're really involved with your, you know, filmmaking community in your city where just find them, you know, right. Facebook groups, like black with no cream, you know, just find them and collaborate with them and just start kind of building your team and making content. That content you make will give you more of an edge than a degree. will. like 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's so true. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's so true. And I feel like, um, 
there, there was a good example of this in Black and Oak Cream not too long ago. It was this kid posted, um, he posted like a, he had reached out to me and told me like, yo man, my mom died and like I'm living at my grandma's house and everything's pretty much fucked right now. I have no friends. I don't know anyone in this town. I just want to make videos or like make content and like I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then he said the same thing basically on Black Window Cream and everyone was starting to pour out like, bro, just use your phone and go out and shoot some shit. And he's like, I, all my friends are out drinking this weekend. I don't want to do that. I want to make shit. It's like, well then fucking just make do some it. shit. Yeah. yeah, make shit. But like mm-hmm. he, he expressed how there was no one around him that did what he did. And I don't think people realize that f- there's no way there's a town in America that exists without some fucking bunk ass film crew that will shoot your wedding you know what i mean <laughs> that true. exists and, and they probably love, they don't want to be doing weddings they don't want to be doing weddings most likely they don't want to be doing because i used to do weddings too same yeah it's, it's like yo they got probably a glide cam they yeah. probably have some sort of dslr they'll probably want to like let you hang around mm-hmm. and like help you become cool like at what you do but like that exists for yeah. sure and so the, the importance of what you just said like i that's so important to me it to like find community for um for kids to understand that it's around them. Cause I mm-hmm. think they think that it's not. And I, they can just watch YouTube videos and these YouTube people are out here doing the dopest shit in the world. And they just can't from wherever they're at. But that's not fucking true. Even yeah. in college, like low key, I think my pro- film program, not film program, but it's, it's like a multimedia program or whatever. Mm-hmm. It like set us up where there's this thing called, um, CRP Cedar river productions was our like group. And I remember going to my university from, community college and like seeing that and then i heard that like yeah crp like every month they get together and they like play videos and they hang out and they like make stuff and they have like a committee and there's a president and all Mm -hmm. i was like i want to be the fucking president i was like i gotta do that shit and i then did it and by the time i got to that point it was pretty weak but it was crazy because right away it was all the kids i wanted to create you know what i mean they're all a part of this shit and i felt so like connected with people and then throughout college like we all moved together you know what i mean like yeah then there was people that just didn't come and i'm like what the fuck and yeah. we just always like create i don't know created shit we got to yeah. play with all the gear we had access to everything it was so sick and i just like changed my whole attitude and the way i approached like creating because you did it with people and that was so important but yeah college definitely. was also just like well but i think yeah that was the most bi- valuable thing i took away from college was the people that i met and so I think if you are in a situation where, you know, your parents want you to go to college or, you know, you maybe you went in for another major and then you ended up switching to, to film or to media because mm-hmm. that's what you decided you want to do. Um, talk to the other people in your class and the people that are speak up in class and that raise their hand and they give the answers and say, you know, hey, what are you working on? You know, right. and see who you can build with. So even if you don't see an immediate community there, because I had connected with the guy in college who was kind of like this producer and he had a lot of gear and we were very restricted on like the checking out of the gear at our school, but he had like the gear on his own and he had all these ideas. He was always trying to pursue. We did like this web series and it was all, you know, outside of class. And, um, and those people that I met in that process, like I still keep in touch with to this day. Like a lot of them are out here doing stuff. One of them got me the job at Jump Cut. Oh, crazy! One of them's like a super big time trailer editor um, out here, and everybody's just kind of doing dope shit. And they started like from we were the people in the classes that were like, okay, you know, yeah, class is cool, but once we get outside of class, like let's work. Right. And that's when we really got to practice and learn, Same. and we but we could use the facilities at school, so that. 
I would say definitely take advantage. Like if you have production rooms or if you have equipment, you can check out. Just like use don't just it use all it for to your class. advantage. Yeah, don't oh, just use definitely it for no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Definitely no. We, yeah, same shit. Because as soon as we knew we could get into that room, it was like, oh, cool. Let's do. Mm-hmm. Doritos has a com- a competition. Let's fi- do the competition for the commercial. And we used it. And we thought we were like fucking legends because we were like making production like crazy or whatever with the seven D and like it was so tight. But yeah, I I agree. What would you give adv- like for um someone listening to this right now that is in a position where um, they have a full-time job, but they're also trying to do extra shit. Like to you guys, it's like your company of sure. management and doing things like that. How do you balance both of them? Because what's tight for you is that you like your job. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Which is rare. No, I do for <laughs> sure. I really do. You know what? I would say, um, if you can't work in a job that you like work in a job, uh, that doesn't require much brain power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that you, are able to be more productive if you work in like a menial job um, where, you know, you just kind of go clock in and clock out and you're not thinking too hard. And then you still have that energy at the end of the day to do creative things. Like when Marcos and I met, I was working uh, at a movie theater at the Arclight on Sunset. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, uh, shout out to Arclight, I guess. But anyway, so... uh, I mean, I was just doing shit work, man. It was like uh, pop a popcorn, sweeping the floors, tearing tickets. But they loved putting me on cleaning bathrooms. And honestly, cleaning the bathrooms was like kind of lit because you didn't have to be in a crew. You could just like basically hang out in the bathroom all day and be on your phone and watch videos and then just make sure the toilet paper rolls were stocked. So I would just be like chilling all day in the bathroom like coming up with ideas <laughs> and, and Marcos was there and, and we would just be talking about stuff like Marcos pl- was plotting. In the with you? No, well, he's not like... in the bathroom with me. No, he was, no, he was security. So he probably doesn't want me putting that out there, but yeah, I mean, everybody knows, but, um, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, so yeah, we would just be talking you know, about different ideas. We met actually, um, one of the guys who's, uh, the producer on everything scandalous. He's one of the big producers on there. He has, probably five tracks um huh this guy manifest we met him also at arclight um a bunch of like friends that were all trying to like be creative have a job that gave us time to do our creative stuff on the side um and still make enough money to pay rent Mm. so i would say don't have a job that you hate um and if that means taking a pay cut and doing something working for you know um postmates or yeah, something right. like that you know that doesn't take up too much of your time and you also still get to meet people i think the meeting people part of it is important yeah so don't i wouldn't recommend like working at a call center mm-hmm. working at a desk job where you're restricted and you don't get to network with people but i would say work somewhere where you don't have to think too much and you can interact and talk to people and then um, by the time you get home, you'll still be down to do whatever it is you have to do. And you won't be just so tired from the day. You have to go home and go to sleep and get ready for the next day. Yeah, I think that's something people struggle with all the time because I see it all the time, especially people that want to move out here. And their yeah. biggest thing is like, dude, how do I do it? How do I do it? And I'm like, create a budget, create, find a goal for your budget, sure. whatever save it is. Save some money. Yeah, save some <laughs> money. But people get too distracted. And at the same time, what's like a benefit for living in a small town is that you live in a fucking small town sure. and your rent is not high. And you know what I mean? Like yep. this, ex- compared to this shit yeah. out here, but to go, people get caught up in that so much where they go and they'll work that job 
whatever it is. And I don't think people think like what you're talking about because you don't want to get like a brainless job because you want to make money and money requires brain power and people take a lot out of you. And you go and work 40 hours, 50 hours a week just to like create the budget. But then you get home and you're fucking tired and you want to like eat dinner and you watch TV and then all of a sudden you fall asleep and get back up and do it again. Exactly. And you, le- you, you lose all of that. You don't make anything anymore. Yep. You're so wound up in that shit. That's such a good idea or a good suggestion. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure if that's part of the curriculum at Jump Cut, but we actually, I think we get into that too. Or if you want to be a creator, then just do something where you can kind of figure out your budget enough so that what you're making is keeping you afloat. And unfortunately, you're going to have to take a, you know, a cut to your pay, probably, if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And your lifestyle might have to change. You might have to live in a house with a bunch of people or, you know, um, cancel your Equinox membership or whatever it is. You, you know what I'm saying? Equinox membership. <laughs> what the fuck do you need? But um, you might, you know, you, you can't, like, live a cushy lifestyle and be a creator that's not, yeah. you know getting big gigs like you you have to earn that yeah and um so don't expect to have the same lifestyle you have in your small town and have it out here you can't you can't expect that you know you they're they call it like the grind for a reason you really Mm -hmm. gotta you really gotta grind it out what's one of the funniest or like what's one of like the i wouldn't say jobs you hated but like you know we all had I'll get my example would be I like when I was trying to make music, I would try to make enough money to pay like my visa bill and my car, like whatever <laughs> I had to pay for. I don't remember. Sure. And so I did, I would just shoot shit like for local co- commercials. There were just terrible videos that I would be making. And I did one for this lady who had these like, it was like an aerobics video. Oh no. <laughs> I swear to God, but, but it's crazier. She did it for like people with all Alzheimer's. So like, it was like, um, Hey, that's dope. Shout out to her. It was that's tight. Cool. It yeah. was cool because, but then she, her hustle was lit though. Cause yeah. she would then sell those to hospitals or like hospice places. Oh. And then the instructors would like have to learn it and then teach these people. And yeah. like they would just do it. And so we had like 80 year old people in the background, like doing the shit. And I had no idea really what she, what her goal was. Like, so I would just come there with like a camera and my tripod and I had like another camera and I was just like shooting a couple angles and I'm just like, ah, it'll work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll work or whatever. And I would like make a decent amount of money, but it would just takes so long and I'd be sitting there doing it. I'm like, oh fuck, like I gotta make this. In retrospect now, this, the way I did it back then was a breeze. Yeah, like, for sure. The easiest shit. Yeah. But it was definitely like seeing that now would be hilarious. Yeah. So we, that's funny. That made me think of um, early on, we when we first switched over to HD, right? So mm-hmm. I have like this SD camera, and then we got like the HD camera, which still wasn't a, a, a DSLR, but it was like the Panasonic HVX, which right, is like the right. HVX HD version of what I had. So when we first got to the HD camera, we were working with this um, guy who's um, named Cozy. Um, shout out to Cozy, and he's a music A and R, but he also owns a security company. And so he connected with us, and he was like, "Hey, like I want to do these videos for my security company." And it wasn't just a security company. They also had, like, a gang unit. So they would go uh, bust into these, like, crime scenes. And, uh, and a, they, could they arrest people? They could arrest people. Like, I think they were armed also. And so he They're wanted... Like cops? Low-key? No, they weren't cops. They were they were just, like, armed security. And, um, and so they... 
he was like, hey, I want to like do this video series, kind of like a reality, like cops show to market my security company. Dog, the bounty hunters. Yes. It, what's crazy is so in the marketing, we, the whole line was like, we go where Dog the Bounty Hunter will go. Ah, <laughs> what? So yeah. So I, I uh, put together this whole like thing and um, After Effects, this whole project. And it was like my first time, one of my first time using After Effects, but he wanted like this cool animated intro for it. So we shot all these stage scenes of these guys like going in and busting these like fake, um, you know, uh, people who sold drugs or like prostitutes or whatever, but they were completely <laughs> staged. And uh, one was like at a strip club. So they like shut down the strip club so we could shoot this like little 10 second scene and we put it in the intro. And uh, it's so funny. Like it's still up on YouTube. I'll show it to you. Really? But it's, it's I think it's unlisted because he was just using it to like pitch oh, to investors. Like, but yeah. like it was really, really funny because like it was supposed to feel like cops, but it was really fun editing because I could totally like hype it up, you know, yeah. and um, I would put little sound effects and uh, it was, uh, yeah. No, no, my bitch. <laughs> that yeah, was hilarious. That was really fun. But I, yeah, that made me think of that right yeah, now. Yeah, that trumps mine. That's fucking, yeah. that was way better than mine. That'd be fun, actually. I was like, mine was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I hope she don't hear this, but like, <laughs> they were cool, but it was like, fuck, I'm doing this shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I was, at, um, think about this. I was rapping and I performing. I forgot I used to rap. Used That's to crazy. Rap. I still haven't heard anything. So I, eh. but be, <laughs> I would be opening for like Chance the Rapper. And yeah. then two days later, shooting 90 year olds <laughs> doing squats. Doing squats. Wow. For a check. But I mean, yeah, you get gotta the get money, that check. Get the budget or no, we got paid for this stuff too. And we also, um, you know, we, Koza's our dude, so we would always be down to work with him. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you just kind of figure out like what type of content you want to make if, if you have the opportunities and, and it's, uh, and it's a good kind of connection that you want to build with somebody. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, we were talking with our DP, um, Misaki a few days ago. Shout out to Misaki. Misaki is a shit. Yeah, he is. Um, and he he put this like, okay, have you ever heard it in film school or whatever? Did they tell you there's like a triangle, right, of things that you, if you want to make a video, you can't have all three. So there's like good, fast, and cheap. Oh, so you okay. can either have like good and fast, and it's not gonna be cheap. Fast and good, and or wait, fast and cheap, and it's not gonna be good or whatever. You right, get right, the, right. You get, sorry, yeah. you get the picture. So um, so Misaki said. Uh, as creators, there's three things, and you can't always have all three. And one is like a good connection with somebody you want to build with. Another one is a good project you're creatively fulfilled by. And the last one is money. So you're not always going to get all three. You probably will never get all three. But if you can get two of them, then it's good and it's something you should do. True. So for us, you know, this particular security videos or whatever it was a good connection and it was money so yeah. we did it even though we weren't creatively fulfilled by it we've done a lot of things where um you know we're creatively fulfilled by it and it's a good connection but it's not paid right um so you have to be selective with what you do if you're not getting paid or else you know you'll end up doing a bunch of videos you don't want to do mm. but um but yeah so that's kind of how we looked at it and then um you know moving forward like we still operate by that yeah, that's say. dope 
Yeah. I did not learn that in college, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't even know if this is a thing or if Masaki just, like, came up with it because he's, like... Young wizard? Yeah. Damn. Wizard for sure. Um, what? So Sensei. what's, like, up next for you guys? I mean, obviously, you got TF and you guys have a project coming out. You have music videos. How many music videos have you shot? And is it... Okay, he on the podcast, he talks about he's got a project coming out. He mm-hmm. said it'd be out next month. Yeah, sure, yeah. So um, it's been I think, probably a month. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I think there's... Four videos that we've done so far for everything scanless. We meaning, you know, uh, the whole team, everybody. Mm-hmm. That it's not just us directing; it's a few other directors. One of the directors um, is actually in Black with No Cream. Who's that? Um, this kid named Andrew. Yeah, and he did the video for G Code that's going to be coming out soon. Okay. Yeah, and then um, the misguided video I talked about that we shot in South Carolina, and then uh, residential that's dropping very very soon. Ooh. Residential is going to be crazy. Like, how very soon? Because this comes out this I don't Sunday. know when's very soon. <laughs> two two weeks? weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Um, so I'm just going to say watch it. I don't want to, like, say too much about it. But if you've heard Residential by TF, uh, it'll it'll definitely... Come you'll, on. You'll be able to visualize what he's talking about Come completely. On. No, I can't. It's I can't, a week early. No, I can't. No one will listen to this. No <laughs> one cares about us. I know. Us. No one's going to listen. Fuck. But I just want people to watch it because I, I don't want them to. It's like, ill, though. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I saw Well, I saw an early version. I don't yeah. think that was the final version. Yeah, and almost. Pretty much. It'll be roughly that. But um, They play with tech in this video, so you've got to sure. pay attention. And it's done right in the sense of the tech that's being used is yeah. done right. Yeah. So. And if it's the song, you know, we're really trying to um, do videos that uh, go with the song. So no more performance videos in front of a you know a backdrop or yeah. a skyline or you know a graffiti right, or, right. you know what i'm saying like yeah. we're way 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 beyond that mm-hmm. now yeah. so all the videos from this project are going to be crazy and yeah. he's got the song with anderson too right yeah I'm yeah excited for, for that. sure i haven't heard yet i'm really really excited to hear it. either he yeah. just keeps talking about it i'm like Fuck. <laughs> i know I'm like when are we gonna hear it um yeah so i always like leave room so that i can uh i let black window cream people ask you questions sure. okay so they're all here with me and whatnot um hold on i'm pulling it up right now but we'll ask them you don't have to like spend a lot of time answering them i just like giving people a chance to say some shit so whatever i told everyone who you were and whatnot um let's see what we got here uh zach self says for someone looking to level up and creating music videos what should be their top priorities lighting camera operating editing techniques etc and thanks for being on the podcast stoked dope stoked too um that's a good question i would say it really depends on what your strengths are i would say find whatever it is that you're real good at um for me you know, at least in the beginning, it happened to be editing. So a lot of our early videos, I tried to do more interesting things with editing because we didn't have like the top of the line camera. Um, I would say lighting's important no matter what, because mm. if you have it, well, yeah, I know that's why I was so bothered by this setup I here, know, you but <laughs> um, lighting and sound are super important, but I guess sound not so much for music videos, but yeah. whatever it is, like, don't try to do everything. Right. Find the one thing that you're good at and, and polish it and and get really really good at it so that other creators who are good at other things will be down to work with you For because sure. they'll see that you're good at that one thing and maybe they don't have that one thing so building a team is crucial and, and every, if you're and you're not going to get to build a team if you're not good and if yeah. you're trying to do everything yourself right so i would say yeah focus on your strengths hone in on them and just like try to find other people that can compliment you and fill in the gaps absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> Corey, uh, Corey 
Cataldo. Fuck. At least you're trying. It's I cool. know. It sucks. I'm <laughs> terrible at the same. Do you operate on a nine to five type schedule? If so, what are your thoughts on it? If not, how do you organize yourself and make sure you efficiently use your time? We kind of talked about that as far as like how you take your job, but I mean, your yeah. job requires a lot of brain power too. It does. It does for sure. But, um, like but I'm definitely driving. not a nine to five. No, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm flexible. So I, I go in when I need to do work and I come home you know, when I'm done and, um, if there's work to do, I just stay up doing it. I'm still learning how to prioritize my time every day, but, um, something that I always try to go by is doing the hard stuff first Mm. and knocking it out. Maybe the things you don't necessarily want to do, the most difficult things do them first. And then, um, that way, by the time you get to the more enjoyable things, you'll actually, you won't have like an impending deadline that you have to do for something bigger. So, um, you know, and also find out what time you're most creative because everybody has their peaks in the day of when, you know, like for me, if I wake up in the morning, I'm much more likely to get something done as crazy as it is. Cause I'm like not a morning person, but if I'm up and like early, early or just like in general, I don't know, like, just even like if it's, eight, it was yeah, just yeah. like early for right, me, right. but <laughs> like, yeah. um, I'm much more likely to get something done than if I wait till the afternoon and then like people are texting me and they want to hang out or I want to go to the gym or whatever it is I want to do. So in the morning, you know, that's, that's kind of my time. And also, um, I think at least with editing, there are a lot of ways you can kind of get yourself in the zone. Um, you learn about in psychology class, like different psychological cues you can take, uh, to make yourself, in that same creative place. So for me, it's like at my desk, I have to be super comfortable, like wearing sweats. It's yep. just my personal thing. Like I like having a space heater, which is really weird. No, but I, I do because your legs, because your legs yeah. get the circulation <laughs> cut off and shit. You get cold as fuck. Yeah, I love space heaters. For sure. Heaters. Yeah, hell yeah, you get it. Yeah. So I always have to have a space heater. Um, and we then sit usually, there and work for a fucking long time, people. Right, yeah. And uh, I usually make myself some little tea or whatever. I like if it's not in the morning, you know, sometimes I'll like drink beer just to get me thinking a little bit outside the box. Um, and, and then, uh, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So, so figure out how it is that you're most comfortable mm-hmm. so that you're not focused on other things. For right. me, like if, if, if my room is dirty, I'm going to be like, Oh damn, let me like pick up this room before sure. I edit. And you're going to be focused on other things. So just get your whole, space where you can be creative yeah. and thrive there i don't know who it was that i heard say this the other day where they like the night before they would oh it was joe maybe it was joe rogan talking about some fucking military sergeant that he <laughs> something like that, that he really interviewed. yeah but he was like the top elite like the president consults him all the shit whatever but he would have his outfit his meals everything planned the night before for so that he could get up and not have to spend time thinking about that mm-hmm. he is just done for him so sure. that he can be focused on whatever it is i thought that that's so crucial and i also think like what's been i've been trying to do this whole optimize my day shit re- recently okay and is which has been hard like the past four days because me and lauren have been like looking for new apartments and shit so it's like fucking up all night and getting up at like uh, so basically it's not getting up early it's sleeping five to six hours a night like max wow it's my thing right wow now. no no way but hear me <laughs> out hear this out so so i would find myself in this i got in this circle where i would like we have this office in century city or whatever so that's like four miles from my crib but i get up in the morning at like nine nine thirty whatever and get up like eat breakfast take a shower and shit hop on my skateboard ride here get here at like ten thirty or whatever 
And then I be here, but right when I get here, I got emails and texts and all Instagram and all this bullshit. I'm like trying to catch up. By the time I start working on whatever I want to work on, it's like noon. Right. Then all of a sudden it comes to like five, six, seven, and I need to check out to go home and like eat dinner and hang out with Lauren because I want to make sure I'm balancing whatever. So then we chill and we watch fucking Game of Thrones till like <laughs> fucking 11 or 12 and then hop in bed and I'm still up watching something else because I got caught in some shit. And by that point when she falls asleep, I feel like I should go work, but I'm already like in the worst mindset sure. for that. Yeah. But I'm like, ah, totally. fuck, I'll just keep watching Atlanta until yeah. I fall asleep. <laughs> and then I get back up and do it again. So what I've been trying to do is get up, after five or six hours, right? I feel like I can run off that. I, I use this shit with my Apple Watch. It's crazy. It's called uh, Pillow. Okay. It's dope. Do you have an Apple Watch? No, I don't. It is what it is. But <laughs> it basically like tracks your sleep patterns and whatnot and wakes you up like if uh, a little bit earlier than what you want. But anyway, I wake up in the morning and I feel like if I can beat the ha- like beat my habit of like I'll just sleep for another hour or whatever, right, which right. is so hard to fucking do for me. It's for like sure. super impossible. Yeah. Lauren can hop out of bed like that. Yeah. I cannot do that. But as soon as I do, I like get up, go start making coffee, get on my shit. No one's awake. Yeah. I'm not getting any texts. There's nothing to look at on the internet. Like I just can work and get so much shit done. And all of a sudden I just found out, I, I like gave myself six extra hours. You know yeah. what I mean? That shit is incredible. Yeah. And then you can come home and do the whole shit and do the whatever. And then just make sure you f- sleep five to six hours. Yeah. And you're back up at it. Yeah. That's for, for real. That's what I've been doing. But wow. Five to six hours. I used to be on that. I feel like for my whole twenties, yeah. I was on that. People knew me as like the girl who didn't sleep because yeah. we would be up like, um, Marcus and I would do these gigs sometimes like all night, just mm-hmm. out shooting and then come back go to work for a while i had a night job and i had a a day job at the same time so i was working till like 4 a.m 5 a.m um and then at um as an editor at a post house like a night editor and then i would work at hip hop dx in the day so i'd wake up at like nine yeah and and then work until i had to go to work again and then so i i had no time and i was and then i would still come home and edit other stuff. So I was sleeping five to six hours. I got burnt out so quick. Oh, yeah, no. Like, if so, you're doing that, you're murdering yourself. Yeah. Like, I think it has to be a fine balance where you can sure. find, like, because I'm trying to say at least two days a week, at least the weekends or whatever days I choose, I'll sleep as long as I possibly can. Yeah. Like, yeah. try to go. And now I'm, like, so trained to get up. It's, like, hard to sleep now, yeah. which is weird. But yeah. I feel yeah, like it it's, like, a like fine that. balance. But it's for also sure. hard when you don't have, it'd be easier for me to get up when I have to be somewhere. Like if I have a shoot at 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning, I can get up and get in the shower like that. It's for not sure. hard for me. Yeah. But if I had to get up for the mindset of like, oh, I want to work on Black Widow Cream shit or whatever. Yeah. Fucking hard as fuck. Yeah. I don't know. That's just... Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you definitely, if you don't have a time to be somewhere and you're completely... That, but that's that's like, you know, the gift and the curse of being a freelancer too mm-hmm. is you have to be able to set your own schedule and really stick to it yeah. and be disciplined. For sure. And it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. That's why mornings i agree are best because if it's night like you're gonna have too much stuff going on and you're gonna want to chill and watch tv yeah yeah. so um definitely but but you know i mean see what works for you right what real quick just to note it because i totally fucking forgot hip-hop dx what'd you do for hip-hop dx um i was one of the first people uh to help start their youtube channel Mm. so um i you know, was like their main camera person, editor for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I actually, I got an internship there. I think it was in 2013 because they put a post out there like looking for interns. Yeah. And I actually, 
I knew DX because I would go on like the hip hop DX forums and I was super active on the forums for like years. Yeah, yeah. And then they shut the forums <laughs> down and I was like crushed. And I yeah, was like, no, fuck. yeah, it just went on one day and it was gone. <laughs> um, and so when they put the, um, the post out that they were looking for a video entrance in LA, I was like, yeah, man, I got to do it. Because I had been working at this, um, this basically like a trailer house at night. I was like full time there. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't getting to meet these like bigger artists that I wanted to meet. And I was like, okay, well at least here, even though it's an internship, I'm not going to get paid. I'll be able to meet people. Right. Right. And the connections I made there have been like <coughs> invaluable really? for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think I did that for about a year. Um, and then everybody that I worked with has gone on to do like really, really awesome stuff. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, you know, so that was rough for, you know, for a while I was kind of moonlighting, daylighting, whatever, doing both. But it was just so dope to me that I was finally getting to cut like big, big artist content, you yeah. know, and, um, not just like the indie artists we were working with. It sure. was like big, big artists. You know, we did, um, like one of the early interviews with Iggy Azalea, Whoa. you know, I don't know what happened, but, uh. But she was so cool, and I was like, "Man, this is crazy," you know. And she then after that, she like became huge, and um, Ty Dolla Sign, who I was talking about, yeah. um, man, who else? Uh, I think we interviewed like all the Wu Tang Clan members. That's crazy. That was or most of them. Yeah, that was wild. Um, Damn, what an experience! Even yeah. as a like internship, you know what I mean? Did oh that yeah. Ever become paid. Yeah. It, 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 okay, yeah, for so sure. It, like, yeah, they job. sent us to um, South by Southwest, so that was oh, dope. Sick. They sent us to Rock the Pel- Rock the Bells, um, so that was just you know, it, it was really awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know. For, with that, I would just say, um, you know, like the triangle I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It was the two, the two that wasn't paid. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. the connections and and the creative fulfillment. Right. So, so that was why I did that, but yeah. Tight. Yeah. Okay. Back to the question. For Sorry, sure. For sure. Yeah. We um, on a tangent. First off, let's just talk about how we were drinking some, uh, shitty coffee from my WeWork building <laughs> right now, which we like stole, but then there's a bottle of Hennessy here. Oh yeah. We didn't even address it. Just, just really needed this Hennessy. Did you mix it with your coffee? Yeah. Hell yeah. So is that good? Is that like Bailey's and, so uh, good. is it good? You know, my, my grandpa's wife, I would go out to dinner with her when I was going to college because my grandpa also lives in South Carolina. So I would go out to dinner with them. My grandpa's wife, I remember every time we go to dinner, she would put like vodka in her coffee. And I would just look at her like, oh man, that's so gross. Like, why does she need to drink vodka with the coffee? Like, I don't get it. And then now here I am, you know. I mean, coffee is just so much better with honey in it. A lot of things are better with honey in it, for sure. I'll have to try that shit soon. I didn't put any in mine, I don't know. Black with no honey. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's kind of tight though. Um, so Kavika, my homie Kavika, he's a VFX artist and he's ill as fucking. You guys should meet him. He nope. just said Raiders. You know what? I'm not actually a Raiders fan. I just like the yeah. I just like the old school Raiders. You know, like the whole look of it. So I just really like that hat. But I'm a Rams fan though, okay, I got for you. sure. So that's kind of. A trader move but whatever it's an old picture that you uh, pulled from deep in my instagram i did i pulled a bunch of pictures and posted <laughs> black and no cream so that they could answer these questions or ask them questions but no worries cory sparks says this is dope to see uh, more women in the industry i have a question for her. how can i encourage more women to get into filmmaking when i talk to many of them it seems that they're intimidated or something i mean it's definitely a boys club as seen by this podcast no offense to you but you know it's it's hard yeah and like i said a lot of us are super behind the scenes so i would say um, you know, if you have 
women that you're friends with that are creative, just um, try to encourage them to find what it is that they're good at and see how you can help them and show up to their shoots or, you know, try to land them gigs. A lot of people took a chance on me really early on mm. and um, I maybe didn't have the experience, but they, they wanted to see what I could do. Yeah. So if you can be that person for somebody you believe maybe hasn't had the opportunity, do it. You yeah. know, I mean, there are a lot of super talented, like female editors out there Yeah, for, for sure. sure. A lot of people say that they prefer a female's eye than a man's when it comes to editing. So, and not just editing, but obviously directing too, you know, mm -hmm. just like try to connect those dots for them if you can and if you believe in them. And, um, you know, because I think because there's not as many of us, we got to help each other out. Yeah. You know, that's why I mean, our editors, sh shout out to Shannon. She's like been editing with us for like this last year or whatever. She's a fucking beast. I need to, you guys met her when we were, yeah, coming yeah, in, yeah. But it was like, brief. I want to see her stuff. She's that's tight. Dope. She's really tight. Um, let's see. This dude, Andrew Fresca, just says, sick. <laughs> Andrew did the video. He did the video for G. -Code. Oh, that's your guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I say shout out to right? him. Andrew yeah. Fresca's. Yeah. Fresca's. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, Lauren said, Oh my God, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren commented on it. She's a black and cream. She does not listen to the podcast, though. Uh, so she probably won't hear this part of the conversation. <laughs> oh, she better listen. It's that's me. What, she that's what listen. I'm saying. Yeah. You better text her. Um, <laughs> do you have a lighter that my cousin, who is a boxer, can use? <laughs> yes, girls. Glad you're finally on the podcast. It's a bit of an inside joke. So I don't get it. Okay, you're not going to get it. Remember um, two weeks ago at the TDE? concert uh what's it called the toy drive oh yeah the and toy lauren drive. and i were there chilling in the car and this kid oh, yeah. comes out and he's like hey y'all have a lighter i swear he's like 14 yeah and i was like i don't know i guess yeah i have a lighter i gave it to him i was like you better not be smoking though you're like 14 he was like oh it's not for me it's for my cousin like and i was like oh all right cool like trying to get him to go away yeah. in the conversation he was like yeah you probably know him he's like a boxer his name is um uh uh, and then he like struggled trying to think of the guy's name. I was like, man, you bullshit. Like, get out yeah. of here. And Floyd. Then he, yeah. Floyd Mayweather. And he came back and he was like, oh yeah, like, can I get your, can I get your IG? And I was like, man, no, like you're 14. Like Damn. I'm flattered, but on the real, like, no, you know. Lauren said he came back to the car like five times. Like, yeah, he just kept just finding stuff to talk about. He was like, do you know what time it is? I was like, man, you got to have game to like come up to some girl sitting in the car and be like, hey, what time is it? Knowing you have a phone in your hand and you can see what time yeah. it is, bro. Like, come on. Me and Jay walked up. Like, <laughs> we just got done flying the drone. We were like walking up. And we see this kid just like leaning into the car, like talking to you guys. And we walk up and he's like, oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's up and i'm like yo i fuck with you for real i really fuck with you you just come out your crib and try to get whatever's pulled up on the front right. like that was so fucking funny i mean All like right. two white girls in there and watts you know yeah. so it was like that was hilarious. might as well it's a big game uh, let's see what else we got we can we'll wrap it there's only three left uh alwa gordon said what is one thing you recommend to upcoming musicians they can do to make themselves stand out and be unique mm, um Wow, I think that's um, that question kind of answers itself yeah. because I think if you're unique, then you'll you'll stand out. So I think the best way to stand out is to it sounds like super basic, but just like be authentic and don't go with you know the current sound at the moment, whatever yeah. that is. If you listen to the radio long enough, you'll like hear whatever sound that is. Right. Um, maybe try to you know, incorporate some of that, but don't 
fully conform to that because if so, your, your shit's just going to get lost yeah, in the mix. Sure. So do you and talk about what you know and um, fully commit to whatever it is that you're doing. Like I love that when artists fully commit and they're not like doing one song this style, another song this style, one video this style, or they're like their you know, whole look is all over the place. Like right. fully commit to whatever it is you do and just like ride with it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Coattail person, don't do that shit. Yeah. Um, Colton Batcher, he says, Here's a question. How long did it take you to master <clears throat> sorry, master the software that you use? For example, After Effects and your audio softwares. I just started to learn After Effects and it seems like such a daunting task. It is daunting. After hard, Effects is so daunting. Hard as a motherfucker. <laughs> hard as a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm still learning <laughs> stuff on After Effects for Same. sure. But Forever. um and I don't really use any <clears throat> sound software. I know how to do like audition if that's even still a thing yeah, but that's what i use for this i think yeah, yeah um but luckily you know i have marcos who mixes stuff for me but in terms of mastering premiere um what was the question how long did it take uh, how long did it take you to master it yeah well i mean i've been editing you kind of like 12 years now yeah. so it's been a long time but but i didn't learn on premiere you know so i think that if you if you really study the craft of editing and watch a lot of different you know films music videos commercials like study different styles see what you like it doesn't matter like which program you're using right. because you can figure out the technical stuff later but having that you know um that timing and that intuition is really everything so yeah, i think sure. software mastery isn't as important it is maybe in after effects where you're doing a lot of technical stuff but to that i would just say um i learned from getting like uh, pre-made templates mm -hmm. and I would see something that was kind of what I wanted to do and yeah. I would download it and I would learn by customizing the template. Like I have no shame in saying that Hell because no. I learned so much and maybe uh, it was faster for me to do that than just start from scratch and try to figure out everything completely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would say do that and uh, it takes a while to master After Effects for sure, for sure. But just keep going at it, and you'll learn more with every gig you take. Yep. And and that is true. Challenging yourself by like real world scenarios. Always challenge yourself, and always oversell yourself. Like mm. always take that big gig. I was picking up After Effects gig before I had ever done any After Effects gigs because yeah. I was like, I think I could do it, and I'm just gonna figure it out on the spot. Same. You know, you get paid to learn. Yeah. So. Um, Hey, yeah. you do After Effects? Oh, no. Then why the <laughs> fuck would they hire you if you answer like that? Yeah, exactly. You have to Just say, say yes. you do it, figure it out, yep. you know, watch some tutorials. The information is out there for Absolutely. sure. So, Jumphead.com. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, last question is Brian Velazquez. He said, why did you choose the name Hello Kitty as your DJ? Wrong. And also, I know, <laughs> And also, how long did um, have you been editing videos for? She just answered that. And he said, hashtag Deleon. <laughs> hey, that's Poyo. Shout out to DJ Poyo. He's part of the team. Um, he's our graphic designer, tech guy. Um, he's part of the team and called you Hello Kitty? No, he, yeah, oh, he's, he's wrong. He's, he's, he's wrong. No. Uh, Hello Kitty's, I, Hello actually, Kitty, yeah. I thought it was um, Hello Kitty. Two, yeah. And then I, when I was looking at it again, I was like, "Oh, that says Hello Kitty. That's way tight." <laughs> um, Hello Kitty. It's Hello Kitty. I don't know. I just thought it was cute. Um, <laughs> when I was in Japan, like I would buy a lot of Hello Kitty oh, stuff, a lot I of bet. Sanrio stuff, because that's where it's all at, and they have all yeah. the good, like, exclusive Sanrio shit. So I would buy a lot of Hello Kitty stuff, 
And then kind of it continued into me being like a little too old to still be into it. But Hello Kitty's like timeless, you know? Yeah. So when I was starting to um to DJ, I was like, Oh yeah, it's clever, you know. <laughs> so I just roll with it. Kitty. Like no one gave me the name or anything cool. I was just like, Yeah, that's gonna be my DJ name. How often do you do you actually DJ with like records and shit? I do. Ooh. I yeah, so I actually don't spend that much like currently. It's cause just because it's not a priority, I don't really put myself out there. But I really just DJ for me. Like mm. I uh, started collecting records maybe six years ago because we were living in Hollywood and I saw the sign up on a lamp or a lamp post and it said like massive record sale. And so I ended up going to this guy house, he, guy's house. He ended up being my neighbor and he would have these huge record sales in his backyard and he would just buy out like storage lockers full of records and sell them. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like I just got turntables just for fun. And then I was going and buying records and I ended up just buying stuff because it was like a dollar. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, this sounds dope. Like, let me see. Or I know this song. Let me get this one. And I am getting a lot of singles, right? And singles back then, like 12-inch vinyls, they're kind of made for DJs. So uh, now if you get like a DJ, you know, uh, subscription or pack or whatever, you get like the extended intros, right, the extended right, outros, so you can blend the songs. Well, these 12 inches of like disco and boogie records were made for DJs so they could just loop them and play in forever. Crazy. And, um, and I was into a lot of these old school records because I was like looking for samples, right. Of like yeah. my favorite rap songs. And so, yeah, I just ended up with a whole bunch of singles and I, uh, I got really obsessed with like watching this, this DJ named DJ Osmos on YouTube and he would do these like seamless vinyl blends. It was mm. perfect. And I was like, okay, I want to get like that. So I just started practicing, um, and I just love the way vinyl sounds. So really, it's a lot of times just for me. I'll just like spin at home and put different records together. And now maybe I play like once a month. I play at this gallery downtown sometimes. Uh, and you play parties and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I did the one in New York. I played at Brooklyn Museum. That was cool. That's tight. Yeah. But, you know, uh, a lot of people... She tours. <laughs> no, not even. She tours. <laughs> but I don't really play hip hop because the hip hop records that you find on vinyl, they don't have those extended. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult to blend them. Right. But like all my like boogie 12 inches, they just, it's just, it's just dope. And right. people, they come up to me and they're like, oh, like, why does it sound so good? I'm like, cause it's vinyl, yeah. you know, it just does. And it, I don't know. That's crazy. People that can hear it, they, they dig it. We, so would you say in 2018, you could see Hello Kitty opening for Jeff? <laughs> on tour nah. nah no definitely not no i mean i kind of like my goal when i play is to see somebody in the room like shazamming when i'm playing what song is it? yeah that's yeah or to come up to me and be like hey like what song is that right or my goal even more is for them to try to shazam it and that shit doesn't pop up because then i'm like i, yeah. I win for today you know right. so i really just want to put people on there's a bunch of crazy labels back then and you know i Nowadays, I buy stuff, and I don't even know the song. I'll buy it because I know the label, or I'll look at the year it came out, and I'll be like, okay, based on like when it came out, it probably has like this BPM, right? And right. like so, in my set, I can work in, you know, uh, building up faster songs because I have a whole bunch of songs that are like one twenty two or whatever. Right. So um, I don't remember where I was going with that, it's but yeah, pretty much that's like, shit. but it, but it's just for it's just you know for me really. Yeah. 
it's just for me. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm available for hire, but I'm going to play what I want to play. You know what I'm saying? People try to give me a playlist. Like, nah, I'm not with that. Dumb. Yeah, I don't DJ weddings or quinceañeras or none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you heard it first. She'll be on tour in 2018. Nah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, how can people find you? I'll post all that shit in the show notes, but where, what oh, are you yeah. going to do if they, if they search for you? Um, for sure. Um, Jessica Lorenzo on Twitter. Jessica Lorenzo with a zero on Instagram. I'm ch- I know, man. Who got that? Like, sell Jessica it to Lorenzo, me, please. Probably. Yeah, I know. But she don't even use it. Anyway, Wait. so yeah, Jessica Lorenzo. Um, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. And if you're interested in uh, booking me as a DJ <laughs> or... <laughs> Just kidding. Or if you want to sign up for Jump Cut, um, I'm not sure what the process is, but you can just message me directly and I'll send you a link. Dope. This is a bit exclusive right now. Oh, yeah. so like people can't get on and just join. You can get on through the ads, but if the ads are over by the time this airs, yeah, you can't just go on the website Crazy. and join. You have to go through their whole thing. What a trip. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you being on this shit. That was tight. Um, yeah, for If sure. people made it this far, I always let whoever I'm talking to do a hashtag. Like, what do you want your hashtag to be? So you have to t- <laughs> you tweet at us the hashtag. What is it? Um. Uh, black with no henny. Uh, yeah, black with no henny. Ben is black with no henny. There yeah. it is. All right, appreciate it. Thank you for All coming. All right, thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Bye. See ya. Bye, 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 bye. That's it for episode 16 with Jessica Lorenzo. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Jess on all platforms and check out her fucking work. I've shared her links in the show notes. And you can find that at bwnc.com slash podcast. Leave a review on iTunes. Let me know what you loved about this interview. If you are interested in joining Black Window Cream's private group for creators, visit bwnc.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some fucking ill-ass Black Window Cream merch. Every sale helps me keep this thing alive. Subscribe to Black Window Cream. New episodes every Sunday. See you next week, you bitch! <laughs>